Hi guys, welcome back to Wicked, Weird, and Grim, your number one podcast for a trip through the history of the odd, haunting, and mystifying. I'm Ara, and I'm one half of the Grim Sisters. Today we have a special episode because of the war happening in Ukraine right now. In honor of that, we'll be going over Ukrainian folklore and just generally talking about different Ukrainian freedom fighters and their cultural preservationists. I'll be doing this episode alone because Caroline and I couldn't get together before I left for Poland. And when this episode is released and you guys are now listening, I will hopefully be at the Polish-Ukrainian border helping with the refugee crisis. To be quite honest, it's absolutely terrifying what's going on in the world right now, but any kind of assistance that you and others can give would be immensely helpful. If you have any extra money to donate or any supplies that you can donate, clothing, masks, baby supplies, pet food, We'll be leaving a list of verified nonprofits on our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, and our website. Additionally, all the proceeds from this episode will go towards the Global Empowerment Mission, which is a disaster relief nonprofit organization on the ground in the tiny village of Medica, Poland, using donations to buy refugees train and plane tickets to help them reach any family or friends they may have in Europe. A brief overview that we stand with the people of Ukraine as well as the everyday people of Russia. Both countries are being made to suffer at the hands of Russia's dictator. Putin is entirely to blame for the actions against Ukraine, not the innocent lay people of Russia once more caught up in the dangerous and maniacal actions of its dictator. And with all that said, we'll get into our episode. One of the most shared videos of Ukrainian courage circling the media recently is of a righteously indignant woman trying to force sunflower seeds onto a pair of heavily armed Russian soldiers. We'll be posting this exact video to our Instagram, but also play it here and I'll give a brief translation of what's happening. So essentially what has happened in this video is a woman approaches these two very heavily armed Russian soldiers, demanding to know who they are and what they're doing. She then demands to know if they're Russian. The soldier responds that they are, and the woman fires back with, what the fuck are you doing here? The soldier insists that this conversation will lead nowhere. The woman then yells, you're occupiers, you're fascists. What the fuck are you doing on this, our land, with all these guns? Then she says, take these seeds and put them into your pockets, so at least sunflowers will then grow when you all lie down here. The soldier emphasizes again that this conversation will lead nowhere, and that he does not want things to escalate. The woman replies, put the sunflower seeds into your pockets, please. You will lie down here with the seeds. You have come to my land, do you understand? You are occupiers, you are enemies, and from this moment you are cursed, I'm telling you. 
The soldier insists that the situation is being escalated and that she needs to leave. How can it be any further escalated? You fucking came here uninvited, pieces of shit, she says. And this is where the video cuts off. So this woman is condemning these Russian soldiers and their actions, while at the same time emphasizing the continued strength and hope of Ukraine through the sunflower seeds. And it's honestly one of the most badass things I've seen, but given all the videos of what Ukrainians have been doing to protect their country, what those in Yemen and Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan and Lebanon and Rohingya have been doing to protect their countries, it is the tip of the iceberg in terms of what these people will do for their countries. And, you know, the sunflower is the national plant of Ukraine. And so when this woman is saying to these soldiers that they're cursed, this curse still alludes to some hope and light, which is the sunflowers, growing from the death of the Russian invaders on Ukrainian soil. The blood of the Russian soldiers, the invaders, the occupiers, the fascists, as she calls them, will feed the soil and strengthen the country. People all over the world have seen this video, and they've taken to this curse and are strengthening it in solidarity, performing their own sunflower seed rituals and planting flowers themselves in support of Ukraine. And some people are having negative reactions to such a thing, and her cursing this man. But first of all, cursing is a time-honored tradition in Ukraine. It's very common. And secondly, it should be made clear that the woman in the video technically didn't wish death on the soldier. Forge discusses this in his Pathios article titled The Sunflower Curse, saying, quote, That's the foundation of a good curse. There's always an escape clause. If the Russian soldiers stop invading, the sunflower seeds won't grow out of their pockets, end quote. And, you know, cursing is a time-honored tradition in Ukraine and in a lot of Eastern European countries. But the fact that this woman is cursing this enemy soldier in front of a camera while he's holding rifles has, quote, got most of the free world on her side. She's become a symbol of resistance, and symbols have a lot of power. Every sunflower planted from here on out adds seeds to her curse and pushes back harder against Russian incursion, end quote. Yet, this isn't the first nor the last of Ukrainian individuals inspiring millions of people to push for peace and the preservation of Ukrainian culture and history through really seeking the beauty in the blood and pain of Ukrainian existence. One such individual who preserved and shared Ukrainian cultural heritage through the medium of art, especially inspired by the Ukrainian national sunflower, was Maria Primachenko. And Maria Primachenko, who was born in 1908 and died in 1997, was a Ukrainian village folk art painter. And she was an individual who painted what is called, quote, naive art. And naive art is essentially art done by artists that are not classically trained, nor have been educated in studios or in art schools. And despite her being a painter of naive art, which some say is lesser forms of art, Pablo Picasso himself once said, after visiting a Primachenko exhibit in Paris, quote, I bow down before the artistic miracle of this brilliant Ukrainian, end quote. And the year of 2009 was actually declared the year of Maria Primachenko by UNESCO. Primachenko's way in art began by her own words like this, quote, Once, as a young girl, I was tending a gaggle of geese. When I got with them to a sandy beach on the bank of the river, after crossing a field dotted with wildflowers, I began to draw real and imaginary flowers with a stick on the sand. Later, I decided to paint the walls of my house using natural pigments. After that, I've never stopped drawing and painting, end quote. Both mysterious and emotionally charged, 
Primachenko's work seems to absorb the age-old traditions of many generations of Ukrainian master craftsmen who, from the depths of the centuries, have brought forth their understanding of good and evil, of ugliness and beauty, of pain, and of life. Primachenko lived through the Holodomor, which is a famine that happened in Soviet Ukraine in the 1930s and was thought to be intentionally caused by the USSR's confiscation of household food supplies, denial of outside aid, and restricting relocation of Ukrainians. It should be said that this famine killed millions of Ukrainians and left devastating economic and agricultural implications for years to come in Ukraine. There's a long-standing debate about whether or not the Holodomor was a genocide of the Ukrainian people. On this debate, Carolyn and I both firmly stand that it is a genocide, and it's something that we always end up regularly discussing because Caroline is, of course, earning her secondary BA in Holocaust, Genocide, and Human Rights Studies. Meanwhile, I minored in Slavic languages and literatures, specifically studying the interrelations between Russia and Ukraine and learning both languages. Actually, in fact, my final thesis was on how Russian portrayals of the Ukrainian language as a bastardized form of Russian or as like a lesser dialect contributes to continued geopolitical tensions between the two countries. And the fact that a year after I finished this thesis, this is occurring is horrifying, but also literally confirms everything I wrote in my thesis, which is depressing. Like, I have not ever wanted to be right less in my life. So there's just a lot of continued evidence of Russia viewing Ukraine as a former territory and not its own independent nation, and continued strain between the two countries, especially after the genocide of Holodomor and its terrifying trauma. Many of the events and aftermath from this time rightly haunted Primachenko, affecting her art as well. Images often appeared to the artists in dreams and later materialized in her compositions. Primachenko's artwork depicts fabled mythological beasts and has a lot of root in folk legends and fairy tales nourished by the real life and culture of the Ukrainian people. It was actually thought that roughly 25 paintings by Primachenko had been burned as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but the artworks that were thought to have been destroyed were actually hidden by the locals in an impressive show of cultural preservation. The sheer amount of national pride, love, and resilience the people of Ukraine have exhibited, especially in these horrifying times of war, is honestly astounding. You see news articles every day telling about the things that these people are having to sacrifice and the way in which their lives are being affected hourly by the minute and the second by this invasion. And this is the same for all the other nations in the midst of war and or colonization or fascism, and which have been for years, decades, centuries. Countries like Palestine, Libya, Yemen, Somalia, Lebanon, Kashmir, Bosnia, Syria, Rohingya, Iraq, Afghanistan, and so much more. So we must remember that a casualty of war is equally horrific no matter where in the world it occurs. And we must come together for all of them, not just Eurocentric countries. We know that this has been a kind of a short episode, but we did want to get something out that supported Ukraine and that supported other countries around the world who are suffering through wars, colonization, and oppression. And so we have this brief episode for you guys, and we hope that you will consider donating your time, your energy, your resources to help with these horrifying events. Again, any kind of assistance that you or others could give would be immensely helpful. 
If you have any extra money to donate or any supplies such as clothing, masks, baby supplies, pet food, you can find that list of verified nonprofits on our Instagram and Facebook at Wicked Weird and Grim or on our Twitter at Wicked Weird Grim or on our website. We'll also be linking information to educate yourself on the wars, terrorism, and colonization affecting the aforementioned other countries, as well as verified nonprofits to help those as well. And just a reminder that all the proceeds from this episode will go towards the Global Empowerment Mission, which again is a disaster relief nonprofit organization on the ground in the tiny village of Medica, Poland, using donations to buy refugees train and plane tickets to help them reach any family or friends they may have in Europe. Please spread the word about this episode and share it with everyone or donate to the GEM yourself. As always, thank you for listening and Slava Ukraine!